Welcome to Grain Talk, a podcast by Grain Farmers of Ontario. I'm Rachel Telford. And I'm Paige Miller. The Grain Talk podcast can be found on Apple, iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify. Please rate, review, and subscribe on your favorite platform. In this episode of Grain Talk, I will speak with Dean Anderson with the Workplace Safety and Prevention Services about some important safety reminders as harvest continues in Ontario. And I will get an update from Marcus Hurl, Chair of Grain Farmers of Ontario's Board of Directors. First, a Grain Talk News update. The Atlantic Greens Council, Producteurs de Grands de Quebec, and Grain Farmers of Ontario are drawing attention to a recent report that warns the Canadian government of the consequences of its continued lack of support for farmers. Canadian farmers are at a competitive disadvantage to U.S. farmers. In their October 2020 policy note, entitled Business Risk Management Under Siege, Alternatives for Canada, the independent think tank Agri-Food Economic Systems released a sobering warning that if the Canadian government does not take action right away, farms will be lost in Canada. The loss of farms in Canada will impact our domestic food supply, according to the report. Grain farmers across Canada have been issuing the same warning without any action from the federal government. Farm organizations are pulling together to call on the federal and provincial ministers of agriculture to return agri-stability to 85% with no reference margin limit, and finally make the much-needed improvements to Canada's business risk management program. The Hill Times, a newspaper focused on federal politics and government issues in Ottawa, released its list of the top 50 organizations who speak to the government on agriculture. Grain Farmers of Ontario was ranked number 10 and was one of two provincial organizations that made the top 10 list. This is significant recognition for us as a provincial organization. It underscores the work we do and the influence we have with our federal politicians. Other commodity organizations, such as the Canadian Cattlemen's Association and the Canadian Federation of Agriculture, topped the list. Grain Farmers of Ontario congratulates the University of Guelph Ridgetown campus on receiving $6.5 million for the construction of the new Field Crop Services Building from the Ontario Ministry of Agriculture, Food and Rural Affairs. Annually, Grain Farmers of Ontario invests approximately $500,000 into research projects based out of Ridgetown, leveraging a further $1 million in additional industry and government funding. The applied research outcomes from the Ridgetown campus are critical for the competitiveness of Ontario's grain farmers, and the new field crop services building is important infrastructure to enable these outcomes. Construction is underway of the new building, with an expected completion targeted for spring 2022. And now, here's my conversation with Dean Anderson. So today on the podcast, we have Dean Anderson from Workplace Safety and Prevention Services here to talk with us a little bit about grain safety. Uh, Dean Anderson is the Strategic Advisor in Agriculture Initiatives with Workplace Safety and Prevention Services. Dean has worked with major crops in the agricultural regions of Eastern and Western Canada and the United States. Uh, Dean's been working in the agricultural occupation health and safety for over 20 years and is currently uh, the Strategic Advisor for Agriculture Initiatives. Um, Dean, thanks for joining us today. I'm super glad to have you here. Thanks, Paige. Um, thanks for the introduction. It always seems like I've done a lot, but it's that is about 40 years you were talking about. Um, 
uh, the, who is Workplace Safety and Prevention Services? Uh, we are one of the designated entities in the province of Ontario for bringing occupational health and safety out to the workplaces. Uh, we do include all operating farms in what we would call our membership. Um, and that's because uh, if people remember before 2010, we were the Ontario Farm Safety Association. Uh, one of the other jobs I do um, is I'm on the board for the Canadian Agriculture Safety Association. And uh, that's why I'm really glad to be talking with you today, Paige. One of our big initiatives over the last three or four years has been grain safety across the country. So uh, thank you for inviting me on today. Well, we're definitely happy to have you. Um, so you kind of just told us what the link between you and uh, grain safety is and CASA. So uh, as we kind of, we're in the middle of harvest right now. So can you talk to me a little bit about why being grain safe and grain bin safety is so important um, for farmers and for uh, elevator owners and that whole landscape? Grain bin safety is is really important for us because for one reason, it's it's not one of our most common locations or causes of fatalities in the sector. So people tend to forget about it. Um, they we tractor runovers and rollovers probably add up to almost half the accidents that end up in fatalities. Um, and then there's some entanglement and some of those things. Being trapped in a grain bin or in a grain truck or captured by it, entangled by a grain auger or a sweep auger um, doesn't always come to people's front of their mind when they're worried about things until possibly this time of year. And uh, now tends to be the time of year when we have the incidents. Um, they tend to be incidents that occur because um, uh, people are working in the grain bins, around the grain bins, and they're rushing. Um, they're trying to get bins cleaned out so they can put a different crop in at the last minute. Uh, they've got crops that are coming off not in proper conditions, so they want to get them into a bin to aerate them quickly or something to hold them before they get them to the dryer. Um, and, and then often what happens is you, and, and it happens a lot more, I'm going to say in our family farm than the big cash croppers, but they get family members to come back to the farm to help with harvest. And, uh, you often go, um, well, why don't you go do this while I'm driving combine? And what happens is that they haven't been around the grain bin for a year or two years and, and they forget the dangers. And one of the things we like to remind people to do is, is take that time and review procedures, um, including who to call, when to call, what, how to give the address, and things like that. So that's one reason why right now is a really good time to talk about grain bin safety. Um, we're sort of hopefully in between soybeans and corn, but uh, that depends on how your spring started, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, so what what are some of the like major hazards, I guess, of grain bins or even just uh, around a grain bin or in the grain bin that people need to be aware of? Yeah, I think there, uh, there's, well, there's several general categories. Um, uh, probably the one that most people think of is becoming entrapped, um, either um, going into a bin where there's some grain that's been out of condition and it ends up collapsing on them or they're walking on top of grain when the grain is moving, the auger's pulling grain out, uh, or they're somewhere and someone starts to fill a bin and they're underneath it. Um, there are other things such as obviously the dusts 
and and the molds depending on what time of year it is or the issues that have been going on which is a different kind of danger and that there's also then the uh there's there's danger of fires if grain goes into a bin way over wet and doesn't get brought down quickly um and then there's entanglement uh, which can occur around PTO shafts, around grain auger shafts, sweep auger entanglements often happen. One of those slowest things in the grain bin is the sweep auger until you're not paying attention to it and it sneaks up behind you. And the other thing we often end up with, people don't think about it, but I put it in with grain safety, is electrocution. Um, people touching overhead wires with augers when they're moving them, or they've got a new auger that's a foot taller than a before they aren't aware of it and then the other thing is um poor wiring and wiring issues um so people end up um get, you know rodents etc do things to wires and bare wires can cause problems because the entire grain bin can become energized right so um with that what what would you say what is the most important thing, I guess, for people to watch out for when they're around grain bins? Is it is it being, I guess, kind of sucked into it, or would it be like the moving pieces? Yeah, I think um, most of our grain um, fatalities tend to be around people becoming um, entrapped. It tends to happen, and one of the big, you know, number one rules around grain is you don't go um, on grain when it's moving because grain doesn't work like water you don't float on water the heaviest object actually sinks faster so you know i often say if you throw your hat on top of a grain bin when it's running the hat will be the first thing to go down through um, people are the same way um, and once you're up to about your knees it depends on the grain it's very difficult to get yourself out so we end up with an awful lot of cases that happen when people are working alone. So they go into a bin, the bin is, the grain is moving, they get entrapped, they can't get themselves out. And then obviously if they can't get themselves out, it takes very little time to be sucked under the grain. And then of course someone comes later and they don't know where you are. It takes about 20 seconds with an average auger for a person to go under in something like corn in a grain bin. And uh, you know, 20 seconds seems pretty fast. Um, but that's literally how fast it would take for you to disappear below the, the surface. And then it's very difficult to do any kind of rescue because you can't locate the person who's become entrapped. For instance, and I would hope that this would never happen to anybody, but what are some tips that if you do become, or you do happen to fall into a grain bin, what would some tips be to kind of make sure that, you know, within those 20 seconds, you're remembering to do as best as you can before you kind of become fully trapped in it. I like to think of it more like uh, COVID. It's better not to catch it than, than to then catch it. Um, and, and grain bins is the same way. So that's what I was talking about, sort of preparing yourselves. That I, you, you never go into a bin when grain's moving, and no one should ever go into a bin without having an observer. Someone who is outside always stays outside and can get a hold of help, has a cell phone, has a radio access to a radio can access the off switch really quickly on an auger um, you know if you're halfway up the side of a grain bin and you got to climb down the ladder before you can get to an off switch um, your 20 seconds is disappearing pretty quickly right. uh, so that um, having that process uh, 
you know, the person doesn't have to be that old who's observing as long as they can do those things, as long as they could stop the grain from moving, which is the first thing you need to do if you can get the grain stopped. If you're in it, there's not much you can do. But if an observer can stop it, that helps. You don't sink anymore. You won't sink very fast once the grain stops moving. Um, and, and then they need to know, you know, dial 911, and they need to know how to give the address and a good description to the uh, emergency services. So if it's a location where you've got several different bins, um, let them know that it's, you know, the east side of the barn, uh, the, the west side of the, of the uh, yard, um, or, or tell them it's the, the next laneway. It doesn't actually have a, a, um, a fire code on the actual access, but you'll be able to see the truck on the side of the road. Um, you know, those kind of descriptors. Because the worst thing that happens is we hear of it happening is um, people are looking out towards the road and the fire truck drives by. <laughs> um, and uh, th that really slows down any kind of rescue. And, and, and the other thing is we, there are a lot of people who get entrapped and, and we never hear about them. I never hear about them because they're lucky to get the grain turned off. The person gets out, they throw a rope in, they drag their self out. Um, once anybody is trapped above the knees, you still should make sure they go to the hospital and get checked over. What can happen if they're in for a while is the pressure on their legs stops the blood flow, and you can have a lot of um, uh, metabolites build up in your blood. And then when you come out, you'll feel perfectly fine. And then like, you know, 30 minutes later, all of a sudden, all that stuff hits your kidneys and your yeah. livers, and, and you end up with um, an internal shutdown. And so it's, uh, I always recommend always go and get yourself checked out. Tell them what's happened. They will understand the word compartmentalization. They will know how to deal with it. Um, but if it, it, and similarly, if you're in a green bin and you get exposed to a lot of molds, um, I, I would go and make sure that they, they uh, put you on oxygen for a little while and get your lungs totally cleared out. Um, last thing you want to do is wake up in the middle of the night finding out that you've, um, you know, got some other gases in your lungs and your body hasn't gotten rid of them. And um, so it, it may it may be a bit embarrassing, but it is that um, taking the extra precaution to um, just go and get yourself checked out. Yeah, keep yourself safe for, you know, a few years down the road too. So, I, I mean, I think that's the main thing. I mean, it's 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 a it's a environment we work around. It does have hazards, but there's no reason why you can't work around right. it. Um, one of the things to instill with children is the grain bin is never a place to play. Mm -hmm. Riding on a grain wagon, um, they become heavy, and just driving down the road, they could actually become entrapped in the grain and go under. Um, and and you know, regretfully, once they're under. Um, that's an issue. And uh, it doesn't matter if it's canola or wheat or corn, you go down about the same rate. It's the heavier body just sinks down fast. I, I think it's also important to note that it's it's not just grain bins. It's it's the grain carts. It's it's not just a bin, right? Yeah. Well, we were talking about we were talking about CASA there, um, Paige, and and the entire Bee Grain Safe program got its momentum, and I, I hate to always refer to incidents, but it was an incident that was in Alberta s several years ago now, where three young girls were um, entrapped in a truck, um, and they were covered with with canola, um, and uh, 
the trouble is in a truck, it's also very hard to do an extrication without literally finding some way to dump the grain out. Right. And it's the same thing with a grain buggy is, is how do you, once a person has gone under, how do you get them out quickly? Right. You, um, you have to literally dump the grain and they are going to sink down and probably in a grain buggy, for example, might actually plug the hole. Um, so it doesn't actually finish the, the rescue. Yeah, there's still more. <laughs> so, so I think that's one of those things to remember is, yes, it's not just the grain bin. And as I said, the grain auger, it's the augers around the grain bins. It's the activity around the grain bin. Um, that's as much the danger as the actual grain bin. Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely scary. I feel like there should be a healthy respect for grain bins and and anything to do with grain storage as well. What materials are out there for people to get their information from and and learn more about how to be grain safe and uh, and kind of make not only their family but maybe those that they have working around the farm more aware of the risks and the dangers of. Well, there's there's three maybe four good places to go right in the our province ourselves. Um, our website, which is wsps.ca, and I would add slash farm safety to the end of that. You can go in there and and then look for um, fact sheets on grain 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 bin safety that type of thing. Um, the Canadian Egg Safety Association has um, on their resources, and that's. Um, just go look up Canadian Agriculture Safety Association and you go to their Be Green Safe section. They have got a lot of video. They've got some videos. They have a very good video for educating children if you want. It's a program. It's called Silo. It has actually a movie that was done for the Tribeca Film Festival. Um, but it, it takes a good aspect of what the impact was to a small community in the Midwest, in the States. Um, the... Uh, um, other places for grain safety, um, there are several universities in the States if you're looking for some very specific stuff. Um, some of them, I mean, obviously, you know, Iowa deals with 15 times more corn than we do in Ontario or something like that. Um, so grain bin safety actually in the States has, has become and is becoming a bigger problem. Um, there's a lot more um, on-farm storage happening across North America. And uh, with that, we are getting these large grain bins um, being installed in a lot of places where, you know, for example, in Western Canada, a lot of farmers only needed temporary storage because of the Canadian wheat, and it was stored at the pools often. Um, well, now it's being stored on the farm. Um, so we're getting a lot more cases, especially in Western Canada. Um, here in Ontario, we've tended to always have our big grain bins. Um, but uh, the manufacturers also have some pretty good material if you go to the manufacturers. Um, and then on the rescuing techniques, which I don't like to, this is sort of, again, like the COVID. I don't like to talk a lot about rescue and rescue training um, because I would prefer people don't get in the situation. The companies that do manufacture the rescue tubes, for example, do have quite a bit of information on their websites also. Um, so if you do have to go into a bin, what are some um, things that you can put in place to ensure your safety, uh, the person that's watching you, their safety and, and that? Yeah, I think having a good plan on, on, A, if you're working by yourself, a good plan on what, what your process is going to be. You should be phoning someone and letting them know you're going in a bin. Um, if you can arrange it with a neighbor uh, maybe your wife's working in town. Maybe your neighbor's wife is not. Maybe she can come over and be your spotter. 
um, maybe you can leave. Maybe you can leave it till someone comes home and can be your spotter. Um, I would try not to go into a bin alone because um, our worst case scenarios tend to be people who are working alone. If you're going in, it's really good idea, especially if the grain has got any depth to it, to put a harness on and be tied off. Um, because that does give a person access um, to at least know where the person in the bin is. And it might be the tool that can rescue you. You can't just pull a person out of grain. Um, once a person's buried about their waist, it's going to take about five, 600 pounds of pressure to pull them out. And you'll do a lot of joint damage. And once they're buried about their neck, it'll be almost half a ton of weight on them. And you can't just pull on the... Um, harness and pull a person out or you will do serious body damage to them. So that's what I mean about having then the plan of how you're going to get them out um, and, and how to notify people. Um, but we often end up in cases where people go into bins, don't tell anyone where they are. Um, people don't even know where they are. The bin, the, the load's half unloaded. Someone comes along, what do they do? Turn the auger on. Um, they're going to unload the wagon and help dad out. Um, they need to check in the bin first <laughs> um, because where's dad? Why did he stop in the middle of the job? And I'm not just blaming dad for these, <laughs> um, but you know, it's that a whole idea that you need to work. Even if you're in a family farm and you don't have a bunch of other workers around, you need to make sure everyone is sort of aware of what you're doing and why you're doing it and how they should be helping you do it. It's almost like you need to schedule one, like a bin day. so that everybody knows. Yeah. It, it, and and and, it, and as I say, maybe you can talk to your neighbor and say, look, can you come over? I've got a problem. And and I know how it works. The second he has a problem, he's going to ask you too. Um, but, but that's the way it works. Um, but if you go in by yourself and try and fix the problem and you get somehow entrapped or um, buried, um, the worst case scenario could yeah. happen. We don't, we don't, we usually end up with either not hearing about grain bin issues or we hear about grain bin issues. <laughs> so it's either serious or it's not right. serious. Um, and, and, and there's not usually that fine area in between. Um, and that's just, that's just the type of accident it is. It's sort of like nearly getting electrocuted. It doesn't happen. <laughs> you either get electrocuted or, you know, something got shorted out and you wrecked a piece of equipment, but luckily you didn't get electrocuted. And it's sort of the same thing in dealing with grain yeah. and grain bins. Is, um, it's, it, and the biggest trouble is we deal with a lot of equipment volume differences now than we used to. You know, 12 inch augers moving 600 bushels of grain. Technically a human being uh, adds up to about two bushels. So think of how fast a grain auger would pull you in. If you had a big auger like that on on a grain, say a grain buggy, and you were on yeah. the top, uh, literally that's how fast you go in. Is you know you're does six hundred bushels in a in a in a minute, and and you're in in twenty seconds. It's you're done. Um, and and, and I can't I can't really change that part of the, the scenario. You know, um, the safety issue is is. It's that quick. It's sort of like dealing with silo gases um, or manure gases, hydrogen sulfide. It's, you know, you either get exposed or you don't get exposed mm -hmm. kind of thing. And it's the same thing grain safe, bin safety. It's the same thing. I guess it's the same thing as a tractor rolls over, a tractor doesn't roll over. 
Um, it's, it's all planning around the hazards. I don't think there's any of your membership who aren't aware of what the hazards are. What we need to do this time of year is remind them of the hazards and remind them how they work around them. You know, it's the same thing as no one remembers how to drive a combine perfectly. When you park it in the shed in the fall, you know exactly how to drive that combine and you can almost feel how wide the header is if you're parking it in the barn. When you go to pull it out, guess what? It hits the side of the barn twice and and you end up jerking it forward at the backup, try it a second time. You're not perfect. And that's the trouble around grain is you really need to be perfect almost all the yeah, time. It's definitely a, it's scary. Uh, if I'm honest, it definitely makes you think twice and kind of be a little bit more cautious around the farm. And and, and I think, I think it's one of those conversations you can have with your friends too, when you're just being friends. Um, it's that idea about rescue. We've got, you know, we do do training on rescue. We do help people do rescue training. Um, we would prefer you wouldn't have to do rescue training. Of course. A lot of our firefighters, even if they're volunteer now, are less and less are becoming our farmers in background. So they're not as familiar. They're they're really good at doing car extrications and every once in a while fighting a fire. But when someone's trapped in a grain bin, um, they maybe don't, aren't even qualified to work with ropes. It's considered a confined space entry for them. They have to call in from a big urban center. Um, we often hear about people cutting holes inside the bins. You need to cut holes in bins with a lot of knowledge because you could collapse a bin very easily by cutting a hole in the wrong spot. Um, and you need to have a plan for moving the grain that comes out through the hole away. Um, but you need to plan a series of holes depending on how deep the grain is. You don't just start a hole at six feet off the ground on a 30 foot bin because you will shift the weight and you will collapse a bin. Um, so that all those parts of the rescue also need to be thought out and and that process. And that's what the training does that is provided. Um, we have trained up probably around a hundred um, volunteer fighters in the province. Um, by far, that's nowhere near the number that are out there. Um, and I know when I talk to these, the mutual aid groups, you know, um, the county groups get together, you know, every three months or something to have talks. Um, this is one of the topics I always discuss with them because I think the last time I was in one, it, I would have considered it kind of a rural area. I think out of 70 firefighters in the room, only six were from a farm. Um, and so any of the hazards around farms, they're not as up to snuff as they should be. Mm -hmm. They obviously rely heavily on the kid who came from a dairy farm or a pork farm. <laughs> when they get to their advice of what to do around certain hazards. And that's just their training, right? That's, that's, there's nothing, it's, it's just the way that they're trained on it. Literally, if it's 5% of our fatalities, it's not 5% of their work. <laughs> um, you know, th their work is car accidents and house rescues and, and fires. Dean, thank you so much for that, um, for all of that information. It's definitely informative, and I definitely know that a lot of people will be uh, using this information and, and kind of hopefully are reminded that they need to be more aware around the farm of the potential hazards and, and those that are around the bins as well. So thank you again so much for, for being a guest on our show today, uh, and I hope you have a great day. Not a problem, Paige. Um, it's good to always remind people. <laughs> 
Joining us on the podcast this week for an update on what's been happening with Grain Farmers of Ontario is Chair of the Board of Directors, Marcus Hurl. Thanks for joining us today, Marcus. Yeah, not a problem. Hello, how are you? I'm great. Thank you so much. Now, we wanted to first talk about uh, business risk management, which is obviously a topic that we've really been focusing on the, the last couple of months. And, you know, there's really a lot of support that's been happening in the last couple of weeks right across the country with different commodity organizations and our Ag Growth Coalition really trying to get that uh, 85% support for agri-stability. Can you explain to us a bit more about what is happening on that BRM front? Yeah, so uh, we've been uh, collaborating with um, Quebec and the Maritimes uh, on our campaign itself that we were uh, running since a couple of months. And um, so uh, by doing that, it's going to highlight the need of BRM programming in not just as Ontario, but nationally uh, as, a, as a need for governments to step up. And as we're getting now into the uh, the time period when the FPT is going to happen, so we finally do have a date that it will be the last week of November. And, um, of course, uh, we want to make sure that uh, we keep the focus on the need for the grain sector. As uh, some of the discussions uh, happen with the governments on from other commodity organizations, it got obvious to us that we needed to focus in and step up and really showcase our need as an industry, as its uniqueness and as its need of covering the shortfalls of either market volatilities or just the need of BRM programming for our farms. Because today, yes, we might be talking about prices kind of bouncing back, but uh, we do not know what the winter months will bring and uh, next year. So um, I think we all have to be conscious of the unknown and uh, making sure that uh, we are ready to face the hurdles that are coming. So um, uh, also, I want to kind of bring up the, uh, the, the collaboration part with Quebec and Ontario has brought a different perspective to government, especially the Canadian government of not just Ontario farmers asking for BRM programming. And it's, uh, it's showing that Eastern Canada actually has a specific need because we are growing commodities that they're not growing in the Western provinces, like we are growing the corn, we're growing the soybeans. And uh, we are the uh, Canadian exporters and the uh, suppliers for the uh, biofuel industry for those feedstocks. In Canada for corn and soybeans. And we're hoping that it's finally going to resonate to government to do their part. When we talk about having conversations with the federal government uh, as a provincial organization, sometimes we might not think that we're being heard. But according to the Hill Times, which is a, a publication there in Ottawa that focuses on federal politics, um, they're in their ranking of the top 50 ag influencers in Ottawa. Grain Farmers of Ontario is ranked number 10. So, Marcus, what does that say about the actual influence that we do have with our federal government? Well, it's very simple. There's actually a, a lot of time and resources being put behind the advocacy for BRM programming at this point. And uh, it was asked by our membership that uh, we increase our funding and our uh, time commitment on government relations side. And that basically is composed from basically the uh, outreach of the BRM programming. 
And uh, government is recognizing that, that we are present in Ottawa and basically having the discussions with the members of parliament of them recognize that we are actually a commodity organization that is strongly uh, uh, advocating and addressing the points and the needs of our membership. So um, it's uh, kind of not, it's not, not even a surprise to me because I have to tell you all that uh, the time that I commit with my uh, being, me being chair to the, uh, to the organization, um, I do spend a lot of time on the advocacy, but also do all, a lot of staff people of GFO as well. It is actually um, just showing to our members that we are doing our part. Another important aspect to Grain Farmers of Ontario is our investment in research. And just last week, there was an announcement that the provincial government is supporting um, the field crop services building that's being built at the University of Guelph Ridgetown campus. And, you know, that really highlights the need for investment in research. Marcus, from your perspective as chair, you know, why is this kind of an investment in ongoing research that's applicable to, you know, on farm really important to Ontario farmers? Well, the, uh, it's very simple. Uh, we need to continue to be um, a world leader in uh, research for uh, the uh, the crops that we grow because uh, we are in a, u- a unique environment. First of all, uh, not just weather-wise, but also a trade front uh, where we uh, can be high input supplier for feedstocks into the European Union and to the Asian markets. And I think it uh, it does help to, uh, to give a bit more light to the research side than, uh, than just being uh, relying on the, um, uh, the private industry. It's sometimes collaboration with private, but it's also collaboration with universities. Uh, that's important here, and uh, I think we're doing that with that. Now, this is uh, harvest time still. I know that I've been seeing some grain cards going up and down the road here by my house. Um, what is happening uh, in your neck of the woods there in eastern Ontario? I know in the north they've been dealing with some snow. Um, how has harvest been going for you this week? It's been uh, basically a struggle to get everything rolling for, uh, for a time period because we got a lot of rain in eastern uh, Ontario. But um, we're finally getting to a point where we can progress in a timely fashion and uh, harvest uh, uh, in a sense of saying that uh, we're moving along. Yes, it is. Uh, but uh, we all are also recognizing the uh, impact of the uh, the drought that we had this summer. And uh, it's showing up in uh, yield somewhat that uh, the reduced yields, especially in corn. Now, soybeans, uh, I would say 90% of all soybeans are now harvested. Uh, corn is in full swing, so um, rough guess, I would say there's probably 10-15% of the corn crop off in eastern Ontario, but uh, we're hoping for a lot more good weather to come in the near future. Well, I really appreciate your time today, Marcus. I know that you're right now hauling some grain to the elevator, so I appreciate the couple of minutes that you had to chat with us and give us an update today. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for listening to our Grain Talk podcast. I hope you enjoyed the conversation. For more ways to connect with us, including the latest webinar, market report, and our e-newsletter, go to gfo.ca slash grain talk. A special thank you to our guests this week, Dean Anderson and Marcus Hurl. 
If you like what you've heard today, please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify. And remember, five-star reviews help us grow our audience.